Friend, what do I? Oh, don't I? Thank you. Welcome, everyone, to the Women's Rights in the Workplace show on the Progressive Radio Network, PRN.FM. We are thrilled, Deborah Orell and I. How are you, Deb? <laughs> you with us? You. You feeling good today? We are thrilled to have with us a very special guest today um, to talk about support and solutions for thriving beyond divorce. And we're going to bring this into some workplace issues, too, because um, this is uh, our guest, Kimberly Mishkin, who is a principal with an organization called SAS for Women. Is that SAS? We, yeah, we nickname it SAS. Mm-hmm. SAS for Women. That's outstanding. Um, support and solutions for thriving beyond divorce. I just want to read uh, something that uh, s- someone wrote on the website. Uh, that's Elise Pettis. Um, who indicated that SAS for Women is New York City's first comprehensive divorce information education and support center. It's a woman's standalone action resource if she's thinking about in the midst of or recovering from divorce. The SAS client is the smart woman who seeks facts, traction, and solution for making the wisest decisions for herself and her family. So, and I'm just going to just a little bio on Ms. Kimberly Mishkin, who's with us. And thank you for being here is an educator of 19 years and a former administrator for the Spence School. It's a very posh New York City institution that we couldn't afford to send our children to. <laughs> Instead, she's dedicated to educating and empowering women. She holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in education from Miami University, a Master's degree in science education from Wright State University, and she is licensed in educational leadership through The Ohio State University. Kim is also a certified grief recovery specialist with the Grief Recovery Institute. Kim herself was divorced after 13 years of marriage and is now happily remarried and a new mother to a beautiful baby boy. Mazel tov. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Thank you for being here. So, all right, divorce. As we mentioned before we were on the air today, Deborah and I have both been divorced in strikingly similar fact patterns. (laughs) I would say so. And 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 we even both have similar aged daughters. It's fascinating. <laughs> um, so we've been through it from a certain perspective, but, um, and, 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 and ha- what is the half of the population still ultimately gets divorced or people who marry? Is that still uh, that It's actually improved a bit, and it's, there's more complicated statistics than that. Uh, people tend to generalize it, but it has to depend, and it depends on your age, depends on what part of the country you're talking about, um, and it's more like uh, 40% right now, okay. if you're going to broad strokes. Okay. Yeah. But still, it's a pretty significant number, right? Yeah. So, but, and even, and maybe because maybe Less it's people gone, are getting married? Right, is that why? That's, that's part of it. Right. That yeah. is okay. that's part of it. Right. Yeah. Or they're, uh, you know, living together first and choosing more wisely before they... Although now that there is increasingly in more and more states same-sex marriage, but that'll be able to catch up when we have more same-sex <laughs> couples catching up. As all the comedians used to say, why shouldn't they be as miserable as everybody else? Yeah, we should give them a chance exactly. to be miserable. So so here, here's the thing. We're going to talk about, because I know that, um, I mean, this is should be of interest, and if anyone wants is has a, a question, you can certainly ask it anonymously of Kim. Give us a call today again at one at 888-874-4888 888-874-4888 and we'll Put you right on the air with Kimberly Mishkin to ask your question. Um, so let's just talk about first, with all the 40% of people getting divorced, all of us, and you were through probably, it, it's never fun, right? No. And it's always a challenge. And you didn't have children the first time? I did right? not, okay. luckily. Exactly. So um, w- people know that when you get divorced, you need a divorce lawyer usually, right? Which is bad enough because they're not, you know, they're mostly thinking about even the really good ones, how they're getting paid, right? That's right. So it's not like you're really going to your divorce lawyer to decompress and to kind of let it all hang out because it'll cost you 500 an hour or something to that extent. And if you're able to, if you have the means, you might find a therapist just to be able to say, because it's a it's a major life crisis, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So your role, and I guess this is, are there any other professional practices in the country that do this type of work? Um, not exactly the way we're doing it. There's a, a number of divorce coaches um, around the world, um, but we're, we consider ourselves 
a hybrid model where we're not only doing coaching, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about as we mm-hmm. go through the show, but we also attempt to address all the practical and logistical matters that come along with it. So somebody might come to us and they may need to sell their apartment. They may need to go back to work and have been out of the workforce for a number of years. They may not have even located an attorney they're comfortable with yet. They may need help going through their finances. So we, we do spend time on all those practical things to get them moving forward but at the same time the coaching component comes in because they're broken emotionally so we work on self-esteem we work on helping them tap into their inner strength and um, they need both pieces you know things have to be getting done and at the same time they feel drained and so we help fill them back up with strength to get them there on the road to recovery so what's the distinction between that with a broken emotional person between what you do as a coach, a certified coach, and what perhaps a licensed social worker or psychologist would do. Is there, what's that line? Well, I've been through both, and I feel like um, often we work with people who are in therapy at the same time that they're they're working with a coach, and they, like I said earlier when to you guys when we were chatting, they dovetail very nicely. But I'm not a therapist, don't, right. nor do I pretend to be, and if there are deeper issues going on, uh, clinical depression, perhaps, right. or someone um, is really struggling with the past and the and the issues that have brought them to where they are today, that's not something we're equipped to do. Therapy is about looking back at your patterns and your life that has come before. Right. Coaching is all about what are you going to do now and next. Right. So we, we concentrate. We don't try to diagnose. We try to say, let, what's going on and how? what's the very next thing you can do to move toward your goals. So. so when you're disempowered, which I guess through any, you know, where you just kind of this ball on the floor of, okay, I, I can't move forward. And, and, and Deborah and I are both sort of big coaching people. And what does that mean? Because maybe some of our listeners, and we're going to sort of bring this back to, you know, how this might impact on someone who is working and how it might help them to have a coach. But the idea that being encouraged to, you know, get off, get out of bed, feel confidence, be brave. The things that you might do, the reason it maybe dovetails is because you're getting someone to actually pick up the phone and call the shrink, yeah. perhaps, right? Right. To call the lawyer, to decide, you know what, I understand now you're feeling that sort of PTSD thing about it, the marriage, that you feel like you'll never be married again, you'll never be happy again. But you do bring a certain, that kind of, you know, encouragement to see the light at the end of the tunnel and there's the holism to it, right? Because you can address the issues. You need a therapist. You need a lawyer. You need a place to live. You need to watch your finances. You need to get to a gym even or, you know, right? To yep. take care of yourself. Self-care. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We look at the whole woman. Um, we have 10 different areas that we look at and uh, in, in kind of an initial meeting. Um, and that includes the financial, the legal, what's going on with um, spirituality, your health and wellness, okay. your professional life, your personal, you know, goals. We look at the emotional piece. So we look at all these different areas, and we prioritize what needs to happen in all of them simultaneously. And then we start making a plan together. And we th- we do create a situation where there's accountability as well. So we'll say, call me when you've done that. Let's talk next okay. week about how okay. you've done on your list of five things that you wanted to tackle this week. And it's we create this bond with them, which is designed to be their partner. But we're not emotionally invested in it in the same way that your mom might be or, or a sister or somebody That's who's sure. got right. a stake in it. Right. We can be a little bit more um, objective right. and create a path for them that will not only get things done and get them moving in a certain direction, but then they're, we're, we're helping them look way ahead. Most of the time they'll come to us and they're so overwhelmed with what the lawyer said or what paperwork they have to do or what how their kids are going to handle this conversation and what's happening with, with school. All of those things are just swirling through their heads. So we help sort through it. But we're also thinking ahead for them at the end of the tunnel because we've come across that bridge. And we know Mm -hmm. how great it feels to have that, to be back to that independent whole person. So we kind of hold that beacon up and say, we're going to get you over here. And don't forget, we want to think about what are your goals for five years from now, not just getting you through this immediate crisis. Okay. So the gender issue, I mean, Mm -hmm. we we are lawyers who deal with employment issues, but we concentrate and what we like mostly talk about here are, and there are, gender-based issues at work. Sexual harassment is almost always male on female. Pregnancy discrimination, need I say more? Gender pay disparity is always 
the fairer sex. It's always, there's always, it's, there are gender issues in, in a workplace in our culture. So here, I was divorced a bunch of years ago. I was a mess. I'm a crybaby. I was the one who had to go to the shrink. I was the one who could have probably used your services. What about, and if I called you, you'd say, sorry, girls only. So <laughs> what, why is that? What is that about? So where's the gender issue that you're saying is supporting women? Right. You could have been supporting divorced folks, right? We could have. I think the the very you know genuine answer is that I'm a woman. I went through it as a woman, and I know how that felt. And my partner, Lisa, who unfortunately couldn't join us today. Uh, hi, Lisa. Um, we... We, she felt the same way, that we couldn't speak to what the male experience was. So we started there. What we've found since is that I think we're, we're right. Women do go through it very differently. Um, there was why, an article. Why is there a male experience and a female experience? Well, I just think we're built differently. The whole men are from you know Mars concept applies here. We, there was an article that came out recently in the Huffington Post talking about crisis and how people react. And their premise was that We've been operating on this fight or flight theory. Mm-hmm. Some people will say freeze, but that actually women don't respond in either of any of those ways and that they reach out and connect and that they look, seek for, they seek help in their peers. And I think that's what we're experiencing at our company because they do come to us looking for connection, looking for advice, looking for, you know, the village. And so we are providing that t- to women. And I, I joke all the time that when I get to the point where our company's big enough and we can open the new division, we'll hire a really smart divorced man to run our men's division, but it shouldn't be me. Right, right. Well, I I, I get that. It's just, I think it's worth, you know, just, because that helps when you dice and when you're saying we, you know, men are from whatever it is, Venus, (laughs) Mars, the distinction, because I've always had, I, I know it's true, but on some level, I think there's a lot of overlap, clearly. So I'm sure, you know, I'm not, and I don't. There is, uh, but this is maybe a little part of that male thing that wants everything. And that okay. your resistance, it sounds to me, uh, it's like. you this now? Yeah. Like, why can't, you <laughs> know, can what do you mean it's club? girls only? Right. Why can't I? Yeah, discrimination. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, and like, no, take well, your daughter, yeah. take your daughter to work day. Right. became take your child because the boys felt so left out god forbid right. well that was ridiculous because <laughs> there was a, but there was a reason for it and i guess and here you know what the reason is i guess the reason is if i may is that still like the reason we had a take your daughter to work day which i think has value yeah. it was like we're encouraging girls to to think of careers that they weren't ordinarily thinking about and to bring them in and to say you could do this too and it can be something that might have historically been some kind of a macho, big swinging, you know what type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, divorce, it's typically, well, I, I sort of lost my train of thought on this, but <laughs> that, you know, the, the divorce is usually geared toward the male, right? I'm saying usually because men, men were used, historically are the moneyed spouse, and yeah. women are the ones who just get screwed over and over again. Even women of means, right, you, you know, married to rich men, end up, if not destitute, no longer in the same class they were in, right? So there's a lot of other fears, concerns, issues to deal with, perhaps, beside what, you know, the, um, I guess the man, I, I, I guess it's just all, maybe it doesn't have to do with who's got more, but... You know, enough of that. It seemed to me, and I did lose my train of thought, that, oh, it's a place like it is for girls. Why should boys come when boys have been encouraged to be engineers since day one and girls have not? And so men know that they can sleep around and get, you know, do whatever they want and have always been able to sort of get divorced. And women have been the ones that have really and are always blamed. And Yeah. Okay. Well, I do think there are a lot of stereotypes and stigmas around divorce and that that they come from somewhere. So I, we, I do absolutely see women who have been, you know, in a in a position to be, you know, oh, what's the word I want? They're, they're, they're winded by the whole process, and therefore they come and they're broken and they think that they're... And they're powerless. They, they're powerless. Thank you. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. So when they're powerless like that, and then there's... Men are brought up differently. They're brought up to be, you know, speaking up, to be the fighter. Mm-hmm. And we, I think a lot of women, especially myself included, don't want confrontation. So we avoid it. Okay. And so in the All end, right. you okay. if if there isn't somebody whispering in your ear how to take care of yourself, you right. could agree to something that isn't by, by no means best, fair. Right, mm-hmm. or in your Got best it. interest. Okay. And it does Got come it. back right. to our DNA 
back in the, you know, mastodon, whatever the age was, men went out to kill the mastodon and women stayed hovering in the cave with the other women and the children. So there is something to that women have more of a tendency to connect in the in the uh, in Congress when things have been um, at lockhead it's the women who were able to come together get a consensus and get everybody on board men just want to butt heads I'm, I'm making a generalization I understand. I understand. but You're that right. tends to be how it goes so there is something there in our DNA right. that right. Well, there's also millennia to listen to someone like an Eckhart Tolle talking about, you know, women are different, different pain body, millennia of victimization, yeah. millennia we of being burned We actually should be controlling. State. Right. But you know, and ruling. Because we are the givers of life, quite that's, honestly. That's true. Okay. So, oh, okay. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you, too. Um, so, okay. So how does... So why talk about divorce today? Well, why talk about divorce today, and what is SA, SAS's specialty? Yeah. Well, sure. Um, well, actually, it's interesting. The, in legal circles, a lot of people consider January to be divorce month, um, and it's absolutely um, coming up. I just, on the train on the way here, I had a client who I hadn't heard from in October reach back out to me, and I, um, we see it. We're, you know, our phones are ringing, and I, it makes sense. You know, you're yeah. coming off the holidays. It's, right. It was if, and I have another person I'm thinking of right now who really tried to kind of hold it together for the holidays and 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 not tell anybody what was going on and now she's exhausted just exhausted and right. so and january's the time for fresh starts and right. yep. you look in the Reset mirror and you think clock. i just can't do this another year yeah and so that's when i you know we find people so it's it, it what the divorce month is actually holding true in our company as well um so it's an interesting time to reevaluate everything and mm-hmm. to look at look at your life and figure out if you want to continue the way it's going or not. Right. So, so how does that, uh, so let's talk about the impact of divorce or planning to get divorced or the trauma of sort of the pre-divorce situation on the workplace. Mm-hmm. Because we know we're always talking about how our cultural workplace is not particularly family friendly or female friendly. There's no time off, right? You're not, I mean, there are ways to perhaps structure it and spin it, but it's not like anybody would care or say, sure, you can have six weeks off to deal with your stress over the divorce, unless you're, it is a disability and you're able, which is another reason you may need to consult with also an attorney as part of the things that like you Like, how do you go about mm-hmm. making that decision? Right. To actually finally make that decision. Right. Well, it's really difficult. That's actually the a part, people can stay there for years. The, when you get, yeah. you start thinking something doesn't feel right, I'm not happy, you want something to change, and then you start thinking, do I want a divorce? People will go round and round, and I've seen, you know, literally 20 years go by for, for women who have just dwelled on it and Is don't fear? get... Fear? Absolutely. I mean, there's the fear of the unknown. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's going to be worse than what I'm fi- living with now. What it's going to do to your family and your kids. I'd say that money and kids are the, money the kids. two reasons Total. that women stay in yeah. that unhappy place. Right. Um, you know, just and or people who want to wait till their kids are older or wait till... Mm-hmm. But again, it, it all or... comes down to money and kids. People yeah. stay in jobs they hate, where they're being disrespected, where it is killing them to yeah. keep going to this place, because all around, kids and money. Absolutely. Okay, what's wrong with that? That's a reality, right? So people would say, yeah, who's going to... Yeah, my kids. I don't want... I think it was only because I read... Um, your partner who had young kids and that was a huge issue right at the time uh-huh. and what am I doing the role model until she decided that she I think she said she looked in the mirror and said you know what I'm worse of a role model now yeah. in my sort right. of victimized state so let me but it took a long time but mm-hmm. being that's a reality as is I don't want to be on a park bench that mm-hmm. very real fear even if it's a fear and it's not based on perhaps like people you may know clients you have that have a lot of money at stake but still are afraid yeah. to be destitute even if it's not a reality yeah that how do you so how do you address that when if people feel those fears you can't say get over it you can't say no. you know get a job in a coffee shop right. so how, how do you transcend how do you balance that out between the fears and the and the very much empowering holism that you talk about when you're getting people to take action when how do you know the action is not going to not going to regret it and say i don't have the husband anymore but now i'm living in a in a you know studio apartment in virginia working it on ihop (laughs) and i'm not happy 
I hop, okay. Um, well, no, absolutely. I think that we we recognize women who are in that place. We, we um, use the analogy of spinning, like a dryer. You know, you go round and round and round and round. And unless you do something different and take an action, then you're not going to, you know, it's, you're going to go continue in that cycle. Um, I actually use an acronym that I'll give you, which is ACT, A-C-T. And the first thing I think you need to do is get somebody to be your advisor. And whether that's somebody, if you can afford a coach or therapist, we do recommend, if at all possible, to use somebody who's in the professional world. Um, but it could also be an HR person at work. It could be the guidance counselor at your kid's school. It could okay. be, um, you know, at least in the beginning stages, it can be your attorney who can point you to other things. But okay. you absolutely need an advisor. You you need to say it out loud. You need somebody to give you feedback. You need somebody to help you think it through. It's just impossible to do it all in your head on your own. You had that? I did. And I, I especially, you know, we started off talking about work. I wasn't telling anybody at work at first. And it was... It's torture. You know, I had to compartmentalize to such a degree that I was being one totally different person at work than I was outside of, you know, on the weekends. Um, and it's destructive. It's exhausting. And mm-hmm. the, the anxiety started to come out my pores. I was having injuries. I was getting sick every other day. And the anxiety was literally eating me up inside until mm-hmm. I started reaching out and getting some help. So the first thing to me is get an advisor of some sort, somebody you can trust. Somebody you know who's genuine, who doesn't have a personal stake in it. Somebody who can be objective. Um, and then the second thing you need to do is educate yourself, which in the is collect information. Start collecting information from anywhere you can. Especially in New York, there's all kinds of free workshops, free things online, pamphlets you can download, ebooks. There's a wealth of information out there, and that speaks to the part which is the fear. But most people are fearing what they, the unknown. Right. So the more you start to educate yourself and collect that information, the the fear will start to subside because you'll understand what you're looking at right. and what the realities right. are. Right. And the third thing that that I think you need to do is to take steps, and that could be baby steps. Right. Start a journal. Get a bank account of your own. That's one of the first things. Change the locks if he's moved out or if your spouse mm-hmm. has moved out. Um, call a friend and make plans for once a week. Do something different, but take a tiny step, which will lead to more steps. Once you get that momentum, then right. people tend to to feel some change happening. Right. You have a terrific website. Which, Thank you. Which is uh, sasforwomen.com. Um, and, and so this is where people can come for information that Absolutely. you're talking about. And even just, you know, seeing on your homepage, um, you know, know what, here's what you need to know before you meet a divorce attorney. Um, the, uh, will, will, will the kids be all right, long-term effects of divorce on children? Would you believe me if I told you there's a life after divorce? <laughs> divorce papers I have to, f- to fill out. What? Disclosing your finances and divorce. But here's information that's free and helps people start to get wrap their kind of arms and mind around well, I'm not so alone, and there are some answers to this. And by the way, we'll talk about this a little more. Your your organization provides free 45-minute consultations, do you not? Or we absolutely so do. Yes. Okay, terrific. Yes, absolutely. And we have clients both here in the city. You know, we have an office in Midtown, but a number of my clients are scattered around the world. Mm-hmm. So we have um, telephone sessions as well. And is there a sort of an... A, a typical amount of time that people blocks of time that they spend with you or is yeah. it like a therapist that goes on for years <laughs> <laughs> you know we we say we we recommend three months to think of it in that kind of time frame we have certainly have clients who have gone on to do much more than that but that seems to be the minimum amount of time we can really see some you know systemic like weekly, change once a, month, like weekly? Once a week uh-huh, okay. about an hour some clients like to do two hour blocks okay but we we, we think about it as an hour uh, session um, and we'll spend that time problem solving what's going on, but then also we try to do a little bit of coaching in every every hour as well, so that they're working on all the parts of the equation uh, simultaneously. So, yeah. and just to get this sort of the housekeeping part of it out of the way, if people are thinking, sure. okay, um, some of our listeners might be thinking, well, that's fine, but I'm sure that I won't have the disposable income for that. If somebody did themselves a favor and took you up on that free consultation and we're discussing it with you, is there ever do you, the sliding scale? Do you deal with, or is it always like this is what, what you could say now, this is what the yeah. price is going to be? Right. You know, we we want make sure, first of all, in that free consultation, we have we promise everybody you'll walk away with something. So there is no reason not to call. Right. It can be confidential. You know, you can. I spoke to somebody today who was, you know, out in her driveway in her car. <laughs> you know, well, so, so it is confidential. It's, it's not could be it is right you no it's absolutely confidential and um 
in that hour or in that 45 minute consultation, we'll direct you somewhere, whether okay. it's, you know, connecting to a support group, whether it's a step you're going to take, we'll help tease out where you're getting stuck. Um, if you know the best we can in that period of time, and then we'll talk to you about what if you want to continue the coaching, what that would look like for you. Um, we have all kinds of things that we are um, offering in the evenings that are free, maybe five dollar donation, that sort of thing. We have one coming up in two weeks, actually on the twenty seventh, where we're meeting with two of our favorite um, divorce attorneys here in the city. Mm. They're coming to do a Q and A, and and that's kind of a awesome. basic. What do you What do you need to know if you're thinking about getting divorced now where can people find out about that to come absolutely to it? it's on our website they're on the okay. home page on the left and then there's a, on the contact page there you could just is. let okay. us know that you want to may i that. mention it please it's um so one of the sas event on sasforwomen.com sasforwomen.com um this event is called it never feels like the right time the great name how to prepare <laughs> for divorce tuesday january 27th 6 to 8 p.m sas for women 845 Third Avenue, which is between 51st and 52nd Street in New York City. Um, do people need to RSVP? Or? Yeah, just let us know. We're also on meetup.com, or you can just go to our contact page and send okay. us a note, and Terrific. we'll put you on the list. Terrific. Yeah. So what about work? But, you know, I think you had, you mentioned in some um, written material, the child, uh, it's you know, well documented that divorce reduces worker productivity, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that the financial cost of an organization can be enormous. Uh, child custody issues can create significant costs for employers, which include absenteeism, time off for court dates, and shortened work hours for the divorcing. And it can take up to five years for employee productivity to rebound after divorce, and you cite a study. Um, and if you're going through a divorce, clearly you may feel distracted, irritable, careless, anxious. Um, and if you're feeling this way, often your creativity, which is anything unique that's coming from some place other than the same crap you've been thinking about over and over again, mm-hmm. is down and diminished, right? Absolutely. So um, what do you – and so from our perspective, by the way, and as a workplace advocates, if somebody is going through a divorce and is actually feeling this bad, which is – you know, par for the course, right? And you go see your, even your internist or your OBGYN and say, I'm like melting down. You can take time off because you have a current, at least in New York and in many places, a disability. It's a current emotional disability. You don't have to have a full nervous breakdown or be, you know, called bipolar. You can take time off of that. And it may be, in fact, indicated so that you don't go through all this and mess up. Take a month. Mm-hmm. Even if you may not get paid, you may get some disability, but you may, at least you'll have time for self-care, right, and to do the things you need. So but what, what's your perspective either on that or how it affects workplace issues? Sure. And what is your advice to people about that? You know, I think that's – I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's good for people to know that that's an option for them. But I can also see a lot of women not going down that road. Um, I think for one, and for myself included, work is a saving grace on some levels right. because you feel competent at something. It's a place to go where you can turn it off. You you can turn off what you're thinking about and you you know switch gears if you and, can. If you can, right? Um, and you'd be surprised. A lot of women compartmentalize quite well, um, and it might be a safe place, depending on what's going on with your situation, to be both emotionally and <coughs> literally mm-hmm. uh, for some people who are going through that. And I think. It would be tough. It would have been tough for me. I'll speak from that angle to admit I was disabled by this. You know, it's, it would feel like another defeat. So I, I think that work for me was a way for me to stay in control of something. And also, it's a real economic reality that a lot of people couldn't afford it if their work was if that was going to absolutely be a financial hardship. But. So you encourage people to stay on the horse. So I think it depends. I would, if, if I were talking about it, it, it would depend on the client. I would absolutely want to look at options together and see what feels right because there are women who would, or people, who would say, "Oh my gosh, that's such a relief! I absolutely need that time." I'm so, not saying because you, you don't get the time, but I'm saying for that same person who, when I was just looking, you have this uh, this thing keeps popping up to subscribe. So one second. <laughs> Sorry, There's you a, don't want to be on my yeah, newsletter. No, I, I do, but I, it just keeps popping. Um, Oh, you, once you fill it in, it goes away forever? Okay. Um, I filled like mine in. Okay. Then I will do so. It's terrific. Uh, it's like the seatbelt uh, sound. That's you right. just have to put it on now. <laughs> Divorce advice you're on your site. Lose your emotional attachment to money with a great red person. I think mm. it's written by one of your, like an associate person. But um, 
if the if 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 the emotional issue is making your client is saying you know I, I was late for work for two hours and I, I'm actually having I, I can't yet lose my emotional attachment look at me I'm a mess <laughs> she might be held to a accountable in the workplace saying we're not really caring so much about you, you weren't here for two hours you're crying it you're in the you're in the lavatory they found you weeping and console you know you're a mess and then we write you up for that and next thing you know it just it feeds on itself so yeah, there's probably point. a point where a person might say you know i need to just first of all it's protective actually in our world that's protects if somebody says to their employer you were mentioning go to an hr person and from my when i hear that i say okay that's there's always a risk involved because they might be more neutral than your sister or your mom who says, leave that idiot or stay or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're working for the company and they are listening for other issues that might make you kind of a time bomb yeah, in their mind. Mm-hmm. So, so the, but the, the other question is if you have... Which could make you more vulnerable right. in the place that you're looking mm-hmm. for to have some safety. Right, yeah, safety. I thought the same thing. But, but, but so if it, just, if it got to the point, again, I'm not encouraging this to say that for that first three weeks or four weeks... As I experienced, and I happen to have been self-employed, so I didn't have that issue, but I remember thinking I don't really can't see myself spending 12 hours doing what I'm going to do today in work. And if I needed that time, and if it's presented to the employer as my patient, Jane Doe, um, I'm putting her out on a, on a month for a, her. She's not well for a month. Or even and, a reasonable accommodation. Or, or even some accommodation for some... Emotional, emotional mm-hmm. challenge, which is covered at least in the more progressive jurisdictions, not really under federal law. But you know, I'm not. This is not legal advice. You have to look at this as an individualized basis, like your clients do. I'm just saying that that could be, if, if you have a temporary disability that's related to this divorce, and then the employer's on notice of it. If they mess with you, then they're discriminating against you based on that, as opposed to just saying, I don't know what happened to her, but she looks like she's hungover every morning. You see, you know, and then they get to hold you. They don't have to be sympathetic that you're getting a divorce, right? It's just a question of is it documented right. as some kind. Right. But I understand mostly it should be this is the one thing you have left that that gives you some independence, mm-hmm. right? And your marriage was sort of that bulwark that you thought it was of this is who I am, identity. Yeah. The job remain, maybe is your last vestige of an identity of your own. Sure, yeah. absolutely. And I think it's... It's not black or white. It depends on where you work, who you work with, what you do for a living, and who you are. Um, But there are are variations on the theme, too. During my divorce, I became very close to my supervisor. In the end, I kind of confessed everything that was going on, and she needed to know. And we – I didn't even think this was possible, especially in a school setting. Uh, You know, the work hours are the work hours. But she was willing to work with me, and she negotiated for, you know, a small dip in my salary. I was able to come in – at 11 a.m. instead of 7 a.m. And that was important to me because I was exhausted and I was showing up like the walking dead. And so she, it made all the difference you in the world. You lucky as all get out. I was. Okay. I know I was. Right. So, but I, at the same time, I think you might be surprised what okay. your workplace could offer you okay. if they know a little bit of what's going on. Okay. Now, I will that was, say that with some caution. They don't need to know everything that's going on. Right. Sometimes, and we talk with clients a lot about this, the floodgates will open. Right. And you just tell them everything and and it's way too much tmi right definitely and it's really important who you're talking to you need to you know your neighbor doesn't need to know everything that was said between you and your husband last night and your employer and your um co-workers and employees especially Mm. okay so today's the the free consultation what do we go through so and there are people who what i think is outstanding about what you offer because there are people who are listening who may know someone eventually who we all probably do, who's saying, you know what, talking to Kim for 45 minutes is all good. It's all, right, can't hurt. Um, what will you go through? What's the sort of checklist that you'll do on that call? How do you start with someone? It might help people now who aren't going to call. Mm-hmm just you know add some value to their decision making sure absolutely well first of all i need to hear what's going on and what i've learned is over the past few years that every divorce is very unique okay so i need kind of to know the facts of what's going on and then i can be listening at the same time for where they are emotionally Mm -hmm. and how how they're navigating all this and whether they're you know often we'll come across people who aren't thinking so rationally so i may try to make some notes and by the end try to help them think about something through a new lens 
Um, but just understanding what's going on. So I find often women, there are some women who will come and they just want to know about the practical stuff. I don't know how, how to pay for this attorney. I don't know. My husband says he won't sell the house. You know, very um, black and white issues. And other people just say, I don't know who I am anymore. I, I have lost my spark. I just am having a hard time getting up in the morning. So depending on what it, I try to tease out what they'd like to work well, let's on. Let's say they sit there in the first meeting in person, let's say. I'm only just trying to find if there's a, you know, almost a prototypical. But let's say the first one, because I could picture this, the first one they sit down, and because you're the first warm mind, body, empath that they've said, they just sit there, and it is floodgates. And that's what you're looking at, it's this broken person who's just going through a box of your tissues. What do you do being your, I mean, how do you direct Sure. Well, to some degree, they need that. So I let them go a little bit. But at the same time, I'm listening for kernels. I'm listening for, you know, I wish or or either sometimes there's just giant red flags. I think, you know, you need to change the locks today. When we hang up, I want you to go change the locks or get your or look at your credit. I can tell you how many people have no idea what's well, going on with their credit. I don't know how to change credit. the locks. So what's he going to do when he does it? We'll, we'll make a plan. follow up on that. Absolutely. Though, right? okay. Yeah. And I have definitely done that for free consultations where I say, I'm going to call you in three days and we're going to check in, you know, just to see if you are able to take a step today by the end we really i try i so i'm listening as she's talking so and often things will reveal themselves either and i'll say toward the end well you know what if we continue to work together this is what i would recommend we're going to work on putting a plan together for how you're going to approach this you know visitation with with dad you know for custody plans are a big issue a lot of women have no clue how to approach that or um the practical matters. And then I will also say, and you know what? We're going to work on building up your strength. You're stronger than you know. Um, I say that to a lot of women because they are. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't mean bench press, right? No. What do you mean? No. Yeah. What do I mean? Yeah. I mean, you'll hear, and it's funny, it'll go in waves, but you'll hear a little something in their voice where they say, especially when they're talking about their kids. All of a sudden they're like, absolutely not. You know, she's she's going to stay in school or we're not, whatever it is that she's talking about. So you, I want to tap into that. You know, as a mother, I hear in your voice that you're, you, you, all of a sudden your voice got louder, stronger, firmer. So you're strong as a mom. So okay. let's use that in other I parts of your an- life. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's like when people call our office, you know, this is what's going on in work and I don't know what to do. I've never been in this position before. What do I do? And I can hear... Um, at some point in the conversation, I can affirm to them, it's like something within them, their inner wisdom was speaking, was guiding them to pick up the phone now, to call somebody now, and that to give that regard and pay attention to that. And you can, I can hear a stillness that they didn't recognize, that they didn't, might not have seen before. So what you're validating or affirming in that moment is really pivotal. Absolutely. I, we often start either an email if they reached out to us by email or a phone call by saying congratulations. Yeah. You, okay. you, you did something. And that's relief okay. because yeah. they're not stuck anymore. Even right. if it's a, a small thing by having a conversation with a stranger. But you're telling a lot of stuff that you maybe never told anybody before. Right. That's huge. That's absolutely a big step to take. Right. So, okay. Yeah, and it's in that moment that they did. Because this could have been coming for years, but all of a sudden they decide today to make the phone call yeah. or, you know, write the email. So, crying, whining, <laughs> self-flagellation, whatever, um, fear... And then you hear, let's say, you know, about the kids, and it's like, well, f- f- I'll fucking rip his arm off and beat him with it if he thinks he's going to get in the way of that shit, right? And you, at least, is that. Yeah. How, what do you so how, use that? To, what do you mean by really get them stronger? Like, what does that mean, stronger? So that they're, what does that mean? And, well, and that? why we well, look how, at, why and how you right. do it besides right. just doing like, how do you right. use that? Okay, I hear what you're saying about your kid. How do you anchor it so the next time and the next time in three months from now they're going to be, you know what? You, your support made me again this is not we're not talking physical strength you're talking mm-hmm. about emotional strength and what is that how do we define that the ability to navigate these choppy waters keeping your eye on the prize and your eye on the direction and not go back or let fear keep upsetting the boat right yeah. a little so but I just think it's important as because you're coaching people now and as they listen what are you doing how do you do that with this otherwise sort of generic client to continue 
keeping them on a strong path? Well, the inner strength that I'm always trying to find in our clients comes from somewhere. And so there, there's a number of exercises that we might do to dig at it and find out where, where in their life, for example, what part of their life. So there's one that we do called peak experiences. So we might talk about, go back in your memory and when did you feel on top of it? When did you feel like you were just the game, you were in the game doing well and then I'll pick it apart. What does that look like? How are you? You know, where were you? What so were when you? I played tennis, when I was a junior in high school, I was on the tennis team and I was a captain. I was the only yeah. time. I was like in the zone all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's one. Yeah. What would you do with that? Well, how did that feel? Um, I, you know, I felt it, <laughs> invincible. It was one of those times I just, I could, you know, thought stopped. There was no fear, slow motion, and I was kicking it. You know, I was, I was whatever the word, I was crushing it. Right. But it was only in tennis, and I was. By the time high school was over, I was a mess again. <laughs> and suddenly, like, you this, had marriage, it. Ma- this marriage, yeah. forget it. Look at me now; I'm a puddle on the floor. <laughs> okay, so what? Tennis, 15, okay. 20 years ago. All right, so when you're 15? on. Fifteen. <laughs> well, not for me. I'm just saying. I'm, just, I'm number one. I'm the woman. Did you even play tennis, Jack? No, I never played tennis. Okay. I, I was going to say. Well, this uh, might be hard um, if it's all theoretical. But um, I would ask then, you know, when you were on the court in that moment, about to play, about to hit. You know, look at your component, uh, your opponent. What what did you feel like? Literally, you know, were you uh, your shoulders uh, back? Uh, you felt strong. You felt whatever. Was it a rack? You know, what were you holding? Were you this racket? And I'm just putting words yeah, in your mouth now. Right. But we would go back. I would try to trans take you back there, transport you back to that peer, peer place in time, and you can see clients. Their body yeah, language right, changes. Right. Yeah. And I'll point that out. I'll say, well, look at that. Your shoulders went back. Your head went up. You got a little cocky there. I like it. And sometimes right. we'll nickname <laughs> that place. So, like, what okay. team did you play for? Or yeah, yeah, whatever. You, if you, Yeah. Right. So then I will use that to refer. You know, we try to really illustrate it. What it felt like. Why you felt like that. You know, was it because you felt competent? Was it because you were winning? Was it because you were felt aggressive? And all of those um, those things that go along with it and then we'd nickname it and then when I see her feeling dejected and and, and beaten again I'd say uh-uh no, go back to Tiger go back to that place I want you to take a minute because they okay. people often right. feel relieved to know that they were once in control right. of everything okay. and I assure them you're going to get there again hmm. okay. and in those moments when you're feeling really just spent you got to go draw on some strength somewhere and even if it's you know a moment in time in the past remember that's who you are uh, you, not who you were but who you are and yeah, you just got to like get back that. to that right hmm. um another thing we might do well another thing that's really important to do is think about your your core values and where what you stand for and what that will help drive what you want next the women who are going through divorce it's a crisis you're surviving but without a plan it's really hard to right, right. to go anywhere because you think what's the use so we spend some time looking at what fundamentally who, what's important to you, which will then help you think about what I think you'll, a lot of divorcing people will tell you that you start to cut the toxins out of your life. You start to cut people out of your life who are not good for you. Well, that's the, but that's, then they'll say, well, that's the person I'm divorcing. Well, no, but I mean, you'll, you won't waste your time on anybody who's just not okay. going to okay. be good for your soul, so right. to speak. Okay. So that's all based on your core values, what you, what is important to you and this divorce will strip you down. It is not, it's not easy for anyone. I've rarely met somebody who said, oh, that was a piece, piece of cake. Of but there are ways you can go through it. You can go through it painfully alone and make it even harder on yourself, or you can go through it, you know, the best way possible. And by having a place to go at the end of all that, you know, thinking about, you know, I really, things, things that you love, things you want to get back to inside of yourself. Um, and you want to be, you want to be proud of yourself. You know, uh, the one thing that comes up for me, or my perception anyway, is in divorce, generally speaking, not in my particular divorce, but uh, just generally speaking, um, the games get played out where there is power. Generally, women have some control over the kids, and men have control over the money. And I know this is, it's a broad but it's pretty much so the women wanting to maintain some kind of control hold visitation hold custody limit you know this is where i'm going to hold on and men will not pay won't share won't play mm-hmm. the game how do you help 
someone because in those kinds of situations somebody has to give for it to you know really work out so how do you help your clients that's tough we do run into the those scenarios a lot what i've what we always have maintained is you got to take the high road you know we we the clients will say oh i texted them this or i no way i'm not i'm not dropping off my daughter and we try to get away from the games we really do and it's hard to take the high road but shenanigans will always end up you know haunting you later Mm -hmm. especially if you end up in court i can't tell you what i've seen come out in court and the uh it's just it's better for the family so we we really try to find a way to be direct open communicate and not not fall into the trap of playing games even when they're doing it you know i can't Mm -hmm. control what the other person's doing but i can help her pick it apart and see you know where they're coming from and what the what the what her options are, what, how she can respond to something mm-hmm. that's going on. So you still, if a man, the man is being, you know, in, in, the, at the, in the bar, in, in the world of lawyers, matrimonial lawyers is almost a pejorative, you know, sort of a profanity you sling at a lawyer. You're a matrimonial lawyer because matrimonial lawyers tend to be known, you know, and sometimes it's like the best or the worst of them um, as being um, you know, animals, right? Pit because bulls. The, pit bulls are animals. The idea is to... You know, is to sort of search to destroy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not known for a sort of a cooperative alternative dispute resolution. Let's shed more light and less heat on this. So, if the if the husband's lawyer is just going after going for the you know jugular, and your client says to you, and even the lawyers you work with, who women who also might tend to be, I assume that divorce lawyers, even the women, probably have to have an edge. I need a little edge to Absolutely. do that work, yeah. right? Yeah. But they say. I'm going to keep trying to take the high road. And she says, yeah, but he's going to take my, he's going to take my, you know, everything from me. Is it still make sense in terms of maintaining one's own integrity and self-regard and sanity to still not ever react to that in the same way? Well, I think what you're talking about is two different things. When I say take the high road, I think I'm saying stay out of bad-mouthing your spouse or the, you know, I trying to control whether he sees other women or, you know, the the kind of um, game playing that goes on that doesn't have anything to do with the business of divorce. Well, I'll keep the kid 20 minutes long and make you wait downstairs because right. that's who is that gamesmanship. Exactly. Who, who is that serving? Okay. But at the same time, we're very um, cautious to make sure clients are standing up for themselves. Right. You know, um, a lot of people come to us wanting to go through mediation. We're cautious about that, and we try to find out a lot about the clients because that's only going to work for a couple where the power is fairly evenly distributed and everybody's playing fair and on the up and up. So I would never encourage somebody who's to go into mediation with, with a spouse who's playing all kinds of underhanded right, games right. and hiding money and all those sorts of things. So sticking up for yourself is different than you know just falling into the trap of... of reacting and lashing out yeah that's not what i want them to be doing i want them to be thinking strategically and thoughtfully moving ahead with things Mm -hmm. so i see those are different things yeah acting out that's a that's i think the distinction Mm. so you didn't have someone like him for your divorce deborah no i didn't you didn't have that no plan no person it was actually a mediation you know we did our own divorce essentially Oh. So well, you're still speaking, so it <laughs> certainly seemed to work so out well out. for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, but I will say, even in that, uh, the divorce itself, you know, we more or less figured it out because it was one of those fairly equal. Um, but I do think every separation, be it a job, a divorce, a relationship, whatever it is, that at some point. That emotional separation has to happen. Like, like it it has to get ugly at some point. So I know for myself, I feel, I'm not sure how he feels, but (laughs) I feel that I um, tried to make it as easy as possible during that time, only to find out, you know, five years later, the shit had to come out at some point that allowed you know, that negative stuff to finally come out. Mm-hmm. Um, just the same way I think people with their jobs, you know, that they've sat there, they've sat there, and by the time they call us, they really are, you know, I want them, you know, I want the book thrown at them kind of a thing. And then they begin, it's like they, it's a process that they go through, mm-hmm. and then they realize, okay, 
you know, maybe that isn't going to happen, but at least my standing up and saying this was my experience, this was illegal, this cost me, you know, now let's figure out how we're going to separate. You know, every relationship sort of... But, is, but what I think what you're saying, because Kimberly, I don't, you're not saying, and I hear because I, I appreciate and love what you're saying, and it seems to me it's, it is the high road and it's about... You know, it's not like we're just like advocates, and we're trying. You're you're talking about instilling something that should have lasting results, like that confidence, yeah. that bravery, mm-hmm. that somebody at the end of it would love that you were, for lack of better, you know, the quarterback. Really, that they couldn't have done it without you, because and I and I feel that and hear that, but that's culp. It has nothing to do with who's culpable, right? In other, in other words, if the Whoever wants out of the relationship, it could be the woman, right, who says, he's not a bad person. I just, he's not the person for me. And, and I'm breaking his heart. Yeah. And that causes yeah. me to have emotion too, right? Yes. Doesn't mean, again, he's a bad guy. And you don't, it's not like all women, because there's almost all women are coming to you and like they're all victims. That's not, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I'd say it's pretty, it's all over the board in terms of how they've come to this decision, or if they have. I have people who have come to me who have yet to say it to their spouse. They're still living in the marriage and they're not sure, so they want to come explore it. Um, And I've had people who have been left. So I think it's all over the board or... Or um, we've even had a couple clients reconcile. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to end up in a divorce just Mm. because you're coming to us. It's been a variety of things. So, and I'm every time I get a new call or a new client, you know, I learn something new about how this can look for somebody. Mm. Okay, so then therefore, and this widens the terrain, I think, extensively. Most of us go through, and that's why, you know, in monogamous relationships, people are going to go through whether in their 30s or 40s or 50s, that point where this might be the woman who comes to you and says, you know what, um, I love my husband, I love my children, I love my life mostly, but there's inside of me, number one, first of all, I'm, I know that I'm, I'm either thinking about constantly or I have had, you know, wandering. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I could stay in this. Mm-hmm. And for whatever different reason, I'm struggling like a mad woman with this now. But I don't even know that I should be divorced. I just know that I don't want to look back when I'm 80 and say I should have when the kids are gone. And I kind of don't have this connection with this person because I married him when I was, you know, 21. Right. So what you're still, it might be that they leave and they say, I decided to stay with this person. There's no, there's no, I'm saying you're supporting solutions for thriving beyond divorce doesn't mean that a divorce is a foregone conclusion with people who started to just think about it. It's not perfect, my marriage. What does it mean that I'm... I don't really want to sleep in the same bed with him right now anymore. It doesn't mean that you're going to be recommending get the hell out. No, no, absolutely not. And I think, like I said, we've had people who have come to the conclusion they want to reconcile. Um, there are people who are, isn't that, they can't even put a, a, a word to it. They just have an unrest. They feel unhappy. And on paper, there's no reason for them to be unhappy. So absolutely, coaching can so help. What's the reason? <laughs> Tell me the reason. I want to know that reason. <laughs> Depends yeah. on who you're talking about. Um, sometimes they just feel unfulfilled and they don't want to get to the point. And they, they start examining everything, whether if they're working or not. The kids are grown up, you know, uh, and or the marriage is going to get examined there too. So we definitely don't expect we don't know how it's going to turn okay. out for you. So you don't have kind of a, um, what are they, you know, sort of skin in the game or what is it called, like a dog in this race in no. that. Because if someone's feeling unfulfilled, and it could be that they're thinking, well, my husband is supposed to fulfill me, but that's not actually true. It's some other spiritual lack. But And it might be, you might be, just like a good therapist might be able to do, it's a point that you're really looking to the wrong, you're barking up the wrong tree. Look at the love in all the wrong places, right? As opposed to inside when the next partner's going to have a new set of issues like we all have, right? Mm -hmm. The same freaking issues repeat themselves often or sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So, So it really is really just a question of truly, this is how one takes, this is what how people, how a woman can take care of herself optimally, right? By by making sure that you don't just put this in the back burner until you have like you know, you, your hair's falling out because you're not examining that unf- unfulfillment or whatever. Um, but but there is no, the answer might not be divorce that asshole. That's right. That's right. We don't know. And we actually would never, unless I will I will put one caveat in there. If, if um, abuse, we're talking physical. about abuse, then absolutely. I really don't so believe. So I mean, Janae yeah. Rice, because we had, we had a show on Janae. We had hmm. a show on domestic violence, and we talked we about actually it at had the a time. Couple. We had a couple of shows on it, because mm-hmm. as it relates to workplace issues, and there's protection mm-hmm. in New York for that, too, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. And if you, I don't know if you know that, you know, if you do, if your clients are, a client is 
a battered spouse in New York City, the employer is responsible for accommodations, and you can and should tell the employer then. Um, but with Janae Rice, when she says, because your letter was eloquent and beautiful, people could find this as a letter um, from Kimberly Michigan to Janae Rice on, was that you? Yeah. On the website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Is, um, but obviously she didn't read it or, and take, let's say, take your advice. But if the answer was, as I've seen her talk about it, saying, look, I mean, yes, he may be, yeah, of course, he's a football player and he's got, you know, he's on testosterone or whatever else he takes. And we were both drinking and he's prone to that. But I also, I, I'm playing devil's advocate for a minute. I flung myself at him mm-hmm. in, in another situation if we weren't celebrities and there wasn't a camera. Yes, I was knocked out, but I would have forgiven him because he's never done it before and he hasn't done it yet since. And he loves me and I love him and he also makes boatloads of money. So why are you, why, and this is just the final thought on this because we have a couple of more minutes. Mm-hmm. Why is that a, for, as you said, forget it. That means he's crossed a line that will never, you'll never go back, it'll never be the same, and you can't fix that. You can't fix that. I, what I, I want to, it's not that you, I think that they may not be able to reconcile the marriage. What I think has to happen is a, a trial separation, a period of time where you're not near that abuser, and that abuser has to be in some serious therapy getting okay, help. Okay. So I would, ne- I, I would never say never, and I, I do think that you absolutely... Um, that people can, you know, be rehabilitated. But I think that you must, must leave the home. You have to get out first and then to put it back together later if possible. both ways if there happens to be a female mm-hmm. who's yeah. impulsively violent, right? Absolutely. No, I just think you, there's just no way you can be that close to it and see it with any sort of perspective. Perspective, right. Without taking okay. a break and working on yourself because there's also a piece of you that got there and right. I'm saying this from experience okay. I was that person saying oh okay. he has an Irish temper and you know I, I, I threw the remote at his head too and you know I, I was there once but until I got away from it I didn't know I had to examine myself put put some time into finding myself for lack of a better word a better way to say it and then you know we didn't reconcile and I and that's you know my own story but if, if I were talking to Janae, I'd say then you need to have okay. some time away to really examine yourself, and he would need help, and then you see. Because, But in your case, does it, is there a takes-two-to-tango aspect where you're saying he's an Irish temper? I mean, I'm just, you know, to get into this. Yeah. But, like, I threw a remote at his head. If I didn't do that, if I were a certain kind of person, which I maybe I'm not and I don't need want to be, right. he wouldn't be violent. Or as violence is the fact that you that anyone will resort to that is the kind of the... Um, is the hard limit. It should be a hard limit yes. for people. Unless no question. Okay. No yeah. question. I don't think that I asked for it or invoked any of it. Right. I don't think that women right. or men, the receiver of the abuse, is ever um, the part, you know, 50% of that equation. No. Well, it's like, I line. like to, okay. the, the okay. rape thing. Don't tell me how to dress. Tell them not to rape. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, what are we we're at time here? Well, I think we're shy. Uh, an audio engineer, they might just be out. It's uh, the next couple <laughs> years. He's right here. We have two minutes. So I just want to say um, that, and I'm going to thank you for being here. This was actually very helpful. See? Okay, yeah. I have gone, well, I couldn't have gone to her. I could have, <laughs> I could have had a phone consultation if I was <laughs> Well, I'm going to encourage people not only, again, to go to your site, sassforwomen.com, and you can look up Kimberly Michigan and all of her good work and all of the wonderful resources on this site, but also, again, if you're in the area, the tri-state area even, and you're thinking about, because there'll also be a lot of other women there, tons of support. I mean, this is one of those things you just kind of can't even pay for or find if you wanted to, so this could be fortuitous for someone who's listening. This SAS event, it never feels like the right time, how to prepare for divorce, Tuesday, January 27th. 6 to 8 p.m., SAS for Women, 845 Third Avenue, very convenient on the Upper East Side, or 51st and 3rd. And just if you want to go and you read more on it, and you'll just uh, shoot uh, an email to Kimberly or Lisa, her partner. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I and mean, when else are you going to have two very smart attorneys there free of charge to give exactly. you advice? So mm. two hours, no yep. less. You right. know, maybe in a future show we should have the two attorneys on. I think Absolutely. we should. Absolutely. You know, I just thought of that. Yeah, I'm sure they'd be happy to come over. Well, it's the same thing. You know, we try our, our practice is women's issues, mm-hmm. so that's why this made more sense. Maybe we should have... Uh, divorce attorneys on. Well, that's what I'm saying. We can have all <laughs> kinds. As long as it's something that serves our listenership. Exactly. Which are generally people who are 
uh, trying to take care of themselves mm-hmm. and become empowered in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that note, there's our wonderful goodbye music. Thank you very much for <laughs> thank being you for here. having Kimberly me today. Michigan, you're, thank you for being here. And from Jack Tuckner, Deborah O'Rell, Tuckner, Sipser, Weinstock, and Sipser, the women's rights and the workplace advocates. We'll see you next week right here, 5 p.m. Eastern time on PRN.FM. Have a strong and powerful weekend. Whatever else you do, if you're dealing with workplace issues, remember, don't, don't quit. quit.